hello, hello, and welcome to Tom Talks Alive, part deux. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Heath, uh, voice of Titanium Mike, as you may or may not know, and I am joined, as always, by the man with the plan, or at least we all really hope so, uh, the GM of Southern Tom Foolery and my good, good friend, Adam Kelly. How are hello, you today? Hello, hello. I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm excited. How are you? Uh, I'm well. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by the producer of Tom Talks Alive, and I promise you'll get used to seeing him here every time. Uh, I'm talking about Josh Richards. Hey, man! It's good What's to good? be back. Good to be running this thing again. Well, we're glad to have you here. I hate doing work. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, the true star of today's episode, voice of the captain of the Epoch Tracer crew. Madam Ziva herself, the delightful Emily Summerlin. Hello. How are you doing? You? How you doing today, ma'am? I'm super good. Super duper good, in fact. How are you, sir? Mm, been better. Oh, baby, why? Oh, never mind. Mm. I know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a sad moment. Yeah, mm. we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but before we move on, uh, I'd like to wish everybody a very happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, I hope those of you who got the day off enjoyed it, whether you did something fun and exciting or just took a day to recharge the old batteries. Um, as the face of the civil rights movement, a champion of equality and peaceful protest, the message of Dr. King is just as powerful and relevant today as it was 50 plus years ago. So in the spirit of celebration of the life and the message of Dr. King, I'd like to share with you three of my favorite quotes of his. Uh, first, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Second, uh, I have decided... Oh, my goodness. Holy crap. Is that neighbors? That, Somebody that, on the street? It's just some badass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, second quote from Dr. King is, uh, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And lastly... Change does not roll in on the wheels of inevitability, but comes through continuous struggle. Uh, I think I can speak for everybody here when I say, if nothing else, this podcast has shown us the true value of community. And so I encourage all of you, the members of this loving community, to stick with love, to keep moving forward, and to continue the struggle against inequality and hate. Because though it's been over 50 years since the passing of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., as we've seen in the last year, we still have a long way to go. And it takes all of us. That said, my good, good friends, how are you all doing today? What's what's going on in your lives today? Um, till today, I'm doing a Tom Talks. Yeah, this is this, yeah. this, <laughs> this is Tom is Talks day for me. <laughs> this yeah. is the yeah. latter part thing. of the day, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, I worked. Um, I was I was kind of glad for a peaceful, calm day. You never know what you're going to get each morning you wake up these days. So I was glad to have a, a peaceful morning, if not kind of a sad air that hung over the city of New Orleans today. Ooh, yeah. Well, that should give you an indication as to how I'm doing today, being uh, the biggest Saints fan most of you people will know. Uh, I, I watched the game last night, and, you know, the Saints lost, obviously, and that's really a bummer. Uh, it's the end of an era for Drew Brees, who really lifted up the city for, for as long as he has. But the man's had an amazing career, so you got to take solace in that. 
Uh, but I will say, like, I, you know, I drank, you know, four or five beers during the game, more as the game went on. Uh, but I, when the game was over, I went home and uh, I went to sleep at nine o'clock for the first time in probably five years. <laughs> like, I just said, nope, I'm done. Nothing, nothing else fun's going to come of this evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was sad because, you know, it was his last game, supposedly. And probably, you know, and it is, and, you know, they lost, they lost the playoff game and it, they lost pretty ugly. Uh, it was pretty bad, bad game for Drew Brees, one of his worst. And it sucks because like, he's an amazing quarterback that already doesn't get enough credit. Right. That he should, you know. Um, but there was, yeah, there was all sorts of pictures in the paper this morning of him, like looking back with a single that, tear yeah. in his eye and shit, that's, like that's looking back the at the picture, stadium. So the picture of the night. In the chat, uh, Tyler from MinMax is saying, I honestly started scouring the news for tragedies in NOAA. <laughs> well, I mean, you can find them, but, um, yeah, this was the sad news of the day. <laughs> I, don't worry. There, there was no, like, it's significant. Not, yeah, it's not that fucking serious. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, all Again, in all, it's know. just a football man is retiring um, yeah. and lost his last game. But, yeah, I mean, nobody died. So <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's actually the good news. Yeah, good news is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emily, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm good. I'm doing real good. I don't. Now she's the, wearing the, the Saints colors. I by did the way. not even think about it until I saw Heath's hat. I was just like, rubbing oh, it shit. in my face. I, I was like, this is a clean cardigan. I, it's what I'm gonna put on my body. I didn't really pay attention to the color, so yeah, I'm it's, sorry. It's fine. It is a nice cardigan. Thanks. It's yellow. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, is it? Just, is it really? It's necessary. <laughs> truly. Um, truly. Uh, I had a day off and I played some video games and um, what else did I do? I cleaned up a little bit. So it was pretty chill. I liked it. Good day. It was good times, yeah. man. It was good times. What about you, Joshers? How are you? I'm good. I uh, spent most of the day uh, trying to make sure that this wouldn't explode again. Appreciate uh, it. And a little bit of time playing some Call of Duty, just some shooting stuff to kind of blow off some steam. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just getting all this prepped. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you. It looks good as usual. I try. I actually, uh, I'm glad I uh, went to sleep early in my uh, Saints depression because I volunteered this morning to uh, the University of Southern Mississippi was doing a Martin Luther King Jr. Day thing for for the kids. Um, and they had a Zoom call and a bunch of us volunteered to read a book to that. You know, they had a bunch of kids in the Zoom call, but they also put it on like, you know, Facebook Live. Oh, so. that's cool. I, this uh, was a setup, y'all. He's like, how are y'all doing? What'd you do with your day? <laughs> uh, let me tell you what I did with my day. I volunteered, read to kids. Cool, cool. Glad you played video games and, uh, you know, worked on Martin Luther King Day. Good job, guys. Oh. Good job setting this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, reading to kids is like literally my day job. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, that's, that's, that's a good way to spend the day. Yeah. That is very, very cool. Yeah, it's nice. And, uh, it's funny. Like I read this book. Um, it's, it's for, you know, like second, third grade kids. Um, but it's called That's Life. 
And I was like, how appropriate after last night, but because the whole, you know, the message of the book is that life can be tough and life can be messy and you're going to go through trials and tribulations, but it's important to, you know, find joy and find beauty where you can, despite all of that. So I think I needed it as much as they did. Good. Okay. So, um, I'm glad you're all here with us. It's nice to get Emily back in the, in the hot seat here. In the it's, mix. It's weird seeing Josh twice in a row for Tom Talks. Um, hey, get used <laughs> to it. we agree to this again? I don't know. And actually, no. before we started this, I was like, you know, I really should set up another away. Because I've, I've edited the layouts and scenes and stuff. And it was honestly kind of nice being able to turn my camera off last time. But you're stuck with me the whole way through this time. So what? Deal with that it. Is, yeah. That is terrible. Sorry. What's happening? I didn't agree to this. It was one Keith. of my stipulations. It was in my rider. Um, he had to be on camera. It was, it was a whole thing. Did you not read my contract? Uh, uh, it's fine. So, uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I see you, you big YouTube personality now got too big for our bridges. Yeah. Seriously. Ah, ah. Sorry. Um, so let's, uh, jump into some, uh, Southern tomfoolery news and kind of the month in review. Mm-hmm. Um, I know kind of the biggest thing, uh, over the last month is obviously episode 100. Yeah. We, uh, we, since last time we've done the thing and we shared it with everybody and uh so we can talk about it a little bit more now how did you guys feel about playing shadow characters did you what was what was that like for you guys it's like an average tuesday for me (laughs) (laughs) it was uh it was different it was neat but uh i mean i got to do an eeyore type voice which is fun Mm-hmm. And you were you were kind of the the sleeper hit of, yes. of episode one hundred, Josh. You got a lot of lot of Gloombot love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was fun. Uh, I I hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, the party was great, right? We I had a really good time with all of you um, with that listening together and just the pre show and everything, and gave away some cool stuff. And it, that was a it was a hell of a, a party. That was a good, good time. It was. It was. I stayed up way too late and had way <laughs> too many drinks. Also, like, <laughs> did y'all eat y'all's weight in, like, since since that episode? Have you eaten your weight in doodly-doos? Because, like, I have. and I, just I don't have any damn doodly-doos. Uh-huh. I doodly-dooed myself Dude. over there and <laughs> doodly-ordered <laughs> too many. Yeah, Zach ordered a doodly-dozen. and. <laughs> We ate a bunch of them. I gave some to, to a couple of friends, to two to my parents, and ordered another dozen. So we've got twelve more sitting on the table right now. It's they're they're amazing and wonderful. But I think I'm doodled out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all doodled out. I'm all doodled out. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had one, but they do sound very rich. They're, they they're rich. I was actually commenting to Zach earlier that it tasted like there was a half a stick of butter per cookie. Oh yeah, at least like it was super dense. It's so good, it's though. it's very it's very uh, indulgent, much like our flashbacks. So I think it's it's appropriate. <laughs> Everything is on brand. It's great. It's super good. Super good. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, the last thing I'll say about episode one hundred is that yes, we will meet those characters again. Um, that's not that's not a one off. So stay tuned. There there's definitely some more shadow tomfoolery. A foot. That's the last thing we're going to say about it? We haven't even talked about it. Oh, what you got? <laughs> I'll talk about it. Um, I'll talk about it. No, I mean, it was cool. It was really refreshing, like, getting to 
you know, play new characters, but still have tie-ins to, like, the main show. Um, you know, it's it's just good to, like, break up, you know, you, you play the same character for as long as we have. Like, it's nice to get a little, like, jolt, you know, by, by mm-hmm. playing something different. And I personally really enjoyed playing the character that I did in all of his <laughs> vagaries. <laughs> I, I speak in vagaries. Um, vagaries. Yeah, like... I, I think, yeah, vagaries. I, I think that, uh, what showed is when you guys came back to the APA characters, you guys seemed really jazzed to play them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's because you didn't like the shadow characters, but like we left your APA characters right after a level up going into like a place where you got to test out all your new level up stuff. And then we stopped and we did a whole new characters. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was, I think it felt kind of like coming home a little bit. Maybe yeah. that's the vibe I got when we did one Oh one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was just a nice kind of like a little, you know, like a weekend getaway sometimes when you're not, you don't go far, you know what I mean? you like, you just go to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And, Cause if you go too far, then that's just too much work. But if it's right. just the hotel down the street, that's awesome, man. Please tell me everybody else does that periodically, and I'm not no. just, like, broadcasting my weird shit. You know what? I Everybody's mean, used to that. Whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> I mean, what yeah. do you think you do every weekend? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Heath, uh, you, you said you liked doing playing your character it's it's a different kind of character for you yeah it's like the opposite of mike for sure right right i mean full caster you know uh which is fun i actually like it, it i kind of like to live on either end of the spectrum like I, I like to either play like a a beat stick you know tanky kind of character or just like go all the way in and just be looking through my spell list the entire time i'm playing right you know? right right um that the half measures is where i don't really often play what'd y'all think about the vehicle combat that was interesting it was interesting it it was um just unfamiliar you know it's not something we've done a whole lot and the the kind of distances and stuff get tricky Mm -hmm. it gets it gets a little abstract i think yeah you know And, and we were also like kind of pushing our way through it Mm-hmm. A little bit to, you know, trying, trying to keep an eye on time and things like that. And, um, I'd like to dive into them more at some point, you know? Yeah. Like, like maybe, maybe we could do another Tom Talks and like set up a, another vehicle chase and kind of dig into it a little bit more. Um, cause there's a lot of other, you know, things that could be brought into it. Like it's, like it's kind of a modular thing, right? Like you can build really cool shit around. Mm-hmm. Um, each vehicle. zone can have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each zone can have different environmental things, and like, I think that, you know, I was trying to homebrew for the first time while doing mechanics for the first time, and and I don't think that I balanced the vehicles <laughs> properly. I mean, like, because they were doing so much more damage that it immediately became apparent that the vehicle was what you should target. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than trying to take out the person on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you Which, watch Star Wars, you know to shoot the little yeah. speeder and not yeah. the trooper on top. Yeah. Well, then I guess it worked out how it was supposed to. <laughs> Everybody know. knows that. That's common knowledge, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. It, I mean, well, it, the... the uh, 
chase combat or whatever uh vehicle combat it does make for some really weird turns sometimes like i mean i got off a shot that was like 200 feet away <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. like if that happened in real life like what a legend um <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my but uh, yeah it was oh, oh sorry oh. i was just gonna say my production <laughs> assistant has arrived so. okay See, this is excuse why me. you don't get the whole camera excuse all me. the time <laughs> excuse me Production assistant. Oh. Okay, <laughs> all right. He's we're in for a long. <sighs> shouldn't night. have shouldn't have got these two together. Here we go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I don't think we want to dig too much into episode one hundred. Just uh, you know, because in case anybody who is listening hasn't hasn't listened to them, we don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but <laughs> it, it was it, what. I mean, if we, we, yeah, anything further than what we just did, but yeah, right. Um, but uh, it was a good time. I, I really think episode 100 turned out interesting and cool, um, and, and it was a good change of pace. And I'm interested to go back to those characters, uh, you know, whenever we get a chance to do that. Um, so uh, after that. We've got some Patreon news or changes. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, sir. And uh, if you'll pardon me one moment, I closed the wrong tab because I'm a professional. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, hey, Emily, control shift T. We'll open a tab that you recently closed. Oh, my God. Heath, this is going to be a long night. Yeah. I don't even like okay. It's just witchcraft. It is. No. <laughs> Um, so yes, we've recently made some adjustments to a few of our tiers and let me see here. Just wait guys. Just you wait. I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. (laughs) (laughs) As you said. Doing great, Captain. I'm so good at it. Doing great. Um, so why don't you guys talk to me a little bit about what your favorite tier is? All right, here I, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. Get it together, Emily. While, while you're looking that up, he talk to us a little bit about how Fight Rock has been going. Uh, it's good. We just did another one um, this week, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've done seven so far. Uh, Brian again has done an outstanding job with the with the helping us develop the system into the you know level that it's at now with the extra complexity that it has now so i mean i think uh, from from the best i can tell everyone who's gotten to play it has enjoyed it um Mm -hmm. it's it's a unique experience and it's you know it's nice to be able to hang out with some of our patreon folks and you know it's equal parts playing a, a fun like mechanical system and like you know hanging out and shooting the breeze um so yeah i mean it's it's been going well uh do you do you know your record yeah i just won again so i'm four and three four and three all right and that's pretty that suggests a pretty balanced game yeah you know um who'd you fight last uh fl in the discord fl are you out there you 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 hit us up in twitch if you're listening um how did that go who what did he play uh he played a lashunta envoy who was a former, like, it was like a war-based soap opera actor. <laughs> so, 
it was an interesting time. Uh, it, you know, his whole story being that he, you know, is a f- former mid-level celebrity that he quit acting for a while and then decided to get back in the spotlight by boxing Titanium Mike. Like, <laughs> what <Wow>. a bold <laughs> career choice. That is, There's no such thing as bad press, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he seemed to have a good time. I mean, I, the fight didn't go his way, but I mean, that's the, the dice tell the story in Fight Rock, you know? Yeah. I, I well, do feel bad. He, he he rolled pretty poorly on, on a few of his rounds. Um, so that always like, as the guy kind of hosting fight rock, it always like, I almost want to lose every time just so that the person in there feels better, you know? But I'm also like, like Michael Jordan said, like, I got a competition problem, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, it, I'm always torn between like, I want to win, but I want them to win. So, I mean, right. you know, well, Mike wouldn't pull punches though, would he? He yeah. would no, definitely not. So, uh. Uh, Emily, are you are you Speaking with it? Speaking of Fight Rock. Oh, okay. Here we go. We got back around. <laughs> um, so, 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 y'all, this is just a little taste of how it goes when we record every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. The amount of editing that goes to get us to what you, you, you actually hear. Uh, so, this is just a little peek behind that curtain. We just want to keep it real. Like, this is Tom Talks Alive. Like, just alive with... Anything can happen. It's live. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, for real though, speaking of, um, fight rock, uh, Mm -hmm. so we've made some recent changes to our Patreon tiers because we have had an amazingly beautiful, wonderful, and we are so very grateful for influx of, uh, $10 tiers. We have actually had to reallocate fight rock to a higher level tier because there's literally only so much of Heath and Brian to go around to make Mm -hmm. the fight rock matches happen. We had to essentially make the, um, what is it? Supply meet the demand. Mm -hmm. Um, so nailed (laughs) it, ran (laughs) reverse it. God, I'm so good at words. Um, so fight rock matches are now available at the, Pools of Paradise VIP $25 a month tier. Um, but in place of where the fight rock was on the $10 well, bef- tier. Before you get to that, I just want to okay. interject okay. to clarify that all of you that were eligible pri- prior to this change, you are still in queue for your fight. So yes. nobody who who had already been eligible for that is getting screwed. You know, you're still going to get your fight, yes. but we're just... Any future fights, we just had to bump that up. All right, go ahead. That is very correct, and thank you very much for making that point. Um, so in place of that on the $10 tier, uh, you will now be able to, if you are at the uh, Apollo Protection Agency Loyalty Agent $10 tier, you will now be able to submit critical fumbles and critical hits for our Fly Free or Die campaign. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think that is really exciting and I, and I really can't wait to see what y'all come up with. My advice to you is fuck with Zach as much (laughs) as you can. I agree. (laughs) But not too much. Like, cause I do, I do really love the guy. So don't give him an aneurysm, but like, this is your opportunity to put your stamp on, on some of the combats. Uh, and you know, we wanted to have something that was unique to fly free or die. Yeah. Um, 
And so, and we had taught, we'd heard some chatter about, you know, uh, listeners submitted criticals, and I think that's a great place for it. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see, like Adam said, what you guys come up with. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, encourage you to go ahead and start, if you're at the $10 tier now, go ahead and start submitting those so we can build up a really strong deck before we even start playing. So, we're not looking, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, aside from that, like, we're just excited that we're going to get the chance to play Fly Free or Die. Oh, my gosh. Fly Free or Die, BB. Oh. There it is. There it is. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. It excited. is. Any other changes? I mean, you know, we do have the $50 and $100 tier, and I guess we've talked about that at some point before. Yeah. Um, um, I, I will just say, you know, the, the $50 is limited to 15 slots are available. Um, I think we have 14. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to double check. Um, but with that, it's, you know, Everything that's available at the previous tiers, as well as you get to sit down with me on a special video call, not in person, um, where you'll help to design an NPC monster or encounter for Hacky Sack Heroes. So you kind of get to be a part of that. And for the $100 slot, the uh, APA affiliate tier, um, everything listed beforehand and twice per year SDF will run you through an SFS or oof. Uh, Pathfinder second edition scenario. So, yeah. yeah. SFS being Starfinder Society. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Get to play with us. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, I'm really excited about both of those. Like to be able to, you know, if we get some more, you know, $100 people to be able to run games for people is always an exciting prospect. But I'm particularly excited to see uh, people creating monsters to, to put into. Hacky sack heroes mm-hmm. and see what random wackiness that leads us into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, enough with the STF commercial. What else we got? <laughs> uh, so I believe we have nailed down our next guest for uh, STFU. That's uh, Southern Tomfoolery. Is it unlimited or unplugged? I always forget. Unlimited. Unlimited. That is not shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, but it's a little bit. Yeah. A little column A, a little column B, you know? Right. Uh, so who, who's our next guest? Uh, well, producer, I hope you're ready for this. Oh, I am. Because our next guest, we're very pleased to announce uh, that the Dice Crisis is going to come join us. We're just going to have a chat. That, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to speak with them, and they're they're one of the members of the FFS Collective, so we're really looking forward to having Kyle and Allard on the show, and that's going to be coming up. We're going to record that show on the 30th, so likely it will come out either that night or the 31st. Um, so really looking forward to talking to them. They are running Second Darkness, uh, which is actually a pre-1E AP when Paizo was still doing 3.5 oh, adventures, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, but they have converted it to 1E. Uh, which is, you know, this kind of interesting concept. Uh, and, and they do a really good job. Great sound production. They're all audio engineers or musicians or something, you know, so that everybody knows what they're doing with the production. It sounds great. And I'm looking forward to talking to them. So. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be a good one. Um, how many, how many people are in the dice crashes? Don't they have a small party? They do. It's three, 
three player party and a GM and they have an occasional fourth player who plays a bard that just comes in whenever he's back home from tour. <laughs> uh, got, they've got their own Tucker McGuire. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that'll be a good time. I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, all of the sort of uh, businessy stuff out of the way, uh, you guys want to talk about corruptions? Let's do it. That's the main topic of the evening. Who wants to talk about corruptions? I'm going to let you guys talk about it. I'm out of here. I mean, <laughs> Emily's here, so she corrupts yeah. people left, right, and center. That is not accurate. I just encourage mm-hmm. behaviors mm-hmm. that might otherwise be yeah. considered inappropriate. Oh, Sounds okay. like so, exactly so what corrupting, corrupting people is. <laughs> Um, Emily, you and your character has been at the, at the core of this corruption of signal screams. I mean, I, you know, everybody has it, but I think it, there's no doubt that you have leaned into it the most and also have had the most like emotional response as a player to it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, what do you, what are your general thoughts about corruption? I'm curious. So, I, and this is going to shock you guys, I know, but I really like corruption. The, the, the concept of the mechanic itself in role-playing games, um, and not even just with TTRPGs, like even within, you know, computer or like games like uh video, video games. games there we go yeah. um all i could think was computer games <laughs> even, but i was like even oh, within- people play on consoles emily come on um <laughs> even within my computer programs <laughs> y'all know they got viruses in them computers Let's uh no <laughs> but i just love the opportunity that it provides for storytelling for role play uh, for just kind of in-game options that you have that you might not otherwise see, and that depending on how you can how you use it, uh, it can just create scenarios and situations that your character would otherwise never willingly put themselves into. Um, I just love the avenues that it opens up. Um, I know you know some people don't care for it because depending on how much the boundary is pushed with it, it can look like it's taking player agency. Um, and I think that's the, that finding that, um, that balance between the two is creating mm-hmm. an organic sense of, uh, mm, just like uh, creating that situation that you would never put your character in. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you get out of it? How do you move past it? Because sometimes how, there's how not you a get respond out of it. to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I love it all the way around from like interpersonal communicating with your party level to like the mechanics of it. Uh, it just makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you bring up player agency and. You know, there's the other side of that where that, as you said, like for some, that's like, that makes it really unfun. And then, 
you know, and I and I don't and I do understand that, you know, and I think that with corruption, when you introduce those mechanics to a table, that it's important, as we've said many times before across many different shows, is that you have to have that conversation with your table at the beginning to kind of let them know what's going. Because it can get to a point that is intense. And you know, I we talked about before, I'd like you to share a little bit about when it when it got to that breaking point for you, who's somebody who's like very into it. Like when I first brought this to you, you were excited. Like you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all into it, you know? And then we got to the moment where there was those consequences of some of your decisions. And, you know, how was that? There was that moment in that session that recorded, I guess it was 98, right? 97 and 98. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was, and I think that this is one of the, the difficulties of how we play, even, you know, in a pre pandemic situation, we play virtually. Mm-hmm. And I think had we all been around an, a physical table, it may have been easier, but there again, it may have been more difficult. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so, you know, there was a moment I won't, I won't spoil anything, but essentially where, Ziva, the character, um, had had done something that could be construed as horrible, you know, depending on who's looking at it and how they're looking at it. And Emily, the human, um, was trying to differentiate the feelings from my teammates versus the crewmate characters. But basically, you know, we're role playing an intense scene. And sometimes, and, and that's what I love about role play is that you can get into these situations where it's hard to disconnect your character from yourself, your emotions from your characters. Um, and that's kind of what we hit there. And I, I mean, we wound up, you know, having to take a, a, a break and sort of just talk out, you know, through everything uh, as a table. And and I really needed that. And had we not done that, I don't think that the episode would have been. I don't think it would have hit uh, properly. I don't think that I would have been able to kind of deliver the same way. So that's one of the things that I think is, like Adam said, really, really important is making sure that your table is aware before you go into these kind of scenarios and situations with corruption and, and just heavy um, topics in general, Uh, know the boundaries of your team, of your players, uh, of your, for your GM um, and know when you need to stop and reconnect with people as people. Yeah, I think that that's important is, is knowing, you know, and I got to give credit where it's due is Zach was the one who said, okay, hey, like, hold on, Emily, are, are you okay? Cause it, you know, it started getting very visual that Emily was having a hard time continuing to stay in character because all of, all of us as people were like really, you know, feeling this moment and feeling there was like a sense of betrayal mm-hmm. that, that, that was emanating from the moment. And, and we could tell that Emily was feeling like she had betrayed her friends and we're like, we had, and Zach was 
astute enough to to notice that and stop us and say, hey, let's talk about it. Like, we're cool, you know? Like, this is just, you know, this is just the story that's going on. Um, and it's important to, ha- to have that awareness. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm glad that there was a, a, a player there that aided me in that because sometimes – it's hard for the GM to keep up with what's going on with trying to keep all everything together. And I, w- I was just thankful to have that assistance yeah. Um, yeah. there. Well, and I was, I was glad that, you know, we at Zach in particular, but as a group had the wherewithal to like stop and take a moment or whatever, because I, I kind of also was, I mean, I, I don't think I had as much of a difficult time as Emily did, but I felt kind of, partially responsible for like her reaction i felt like i was the straw that broke the camel's back so like (laughs) i think i think we all needed to like take a minute and like i needed to assure emily like i know i love you it's fine like uh, uh, we're we're just playing characters you know i mean because and that's the thing you know it only takes like one line delivered in in such a a real fashion to kind of like snap somebody you know like get get them out of like the role-playing mindset into the oh my god like like i did something wrong here didn't i no (laughs) (laughs) so i was i was very appreciative that you guys you know kind of said hey let's take a break let's talk this through um and it helped me to sort of re-solidify the scene like oh yeah you came back yeah you came back like and delivered a fucking hell of a a speech, you know, <laughs> like and laid it down, and it was it was good, and and, and you know we moved through it and, and got through it as a group, as as friends and as characters and everything, and and you know corruption can lead to those moments, and that's a dangerous game to play if you are irresponsible with mm-hmm. it, you know, and I would have I would have been totally dismayed and, and hated it if we had ended that session and you walked away with it feeling like everybody was mad at you or that you had made the wrong decisions as a as a player and as a character and that like everything was bad because this game is ultimately supposed to be fun yeah you know and it's tough when you do a horror campaign and you do these heavy grim dark episodes <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because they can they i mean by by design they have an emotional impact you know yeah. um so it is what it is but corruption is not unique to starfinder is it heath uh no it isn't <laughs> i feel very targeted uh- <laughs> well, i mean you had hands-on experience with it yeah. in uh in that 5e game that we did years ago uh, you you mean tomb? No, uh, in no. uh, Taken King, Storm Taken King. King. Storm King. Storm. Sorry, T- uh, I was King. like we're playing I, Destiny. I don't know why I've got Destiny <laughs> on the mind. <laughs> um, yeah, kinda. Um, I don't know. Fuck. I don't well, know. you had similar moments where you had to make a decision that you know that your right. character thought was the right decision, but you as a person knew, like, knew on a meta level that it was leading to disaster. You know. Yeah, I basically let my fighter, who was the leader of the party, uh, make a deal with a Kraken. <laughs> and, uh, for, you know. Nothing bad can come with uh, deals with other cores. Like, right, right. Um, normal day. 
it was, I mean, that was an interesting scenario. I mean, it was more scripted, I will say. Like that whole, we had a plan for like how that was going to go down, but mm-hmm. it's still like, you know, I had that, that similar situation of feeling like I had betrayed the party because I fucking did. <laughs> like it was a lot more clear cut. Like I did. I, like I made a deal with the bad guy of, of the, the big bad of like the whole thing. But you know, it's something that would have literally fulfilled every desire, not only personally for the character, but like to do good that was within the character. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was a big deal, I'm, and and I'm he, good at offering those those devil tongue deals to my players. Yeah, I tell you, yeah. <laughs> you definitely are. Um, and and one and that one, like I had to. There was a lot that went into that one because not only did I make the deal or whatever, I had to write the scene <laughs> in which he made the deal, and like that was a whole nother level of like, okay, how do I make myself not look like an asshole? <laughs> uh, how do I make this believable? You know. Mm. Um, and then we, he died, you know, because yeah. of those actions, um, and came back as a paladin, which was really interesting. And I got to play a paladin for all of like three weeks. Oh, mm. um, uh, yeah. And then that was that. Uh. Yeah. I will say, uh, speaking of, I mean, it's another 5e thing. I, I don't think it's not technically corruption, but, um, in Tomb of Annihilation, that's why I thought that's what Josh was talking about. There's a system of like gods or like minor gods that you like kind of make pacts with that inhabit mm-hmm. you, and you get. And it, it's not a corruption system, but it very much feels like yeah. mechanically. Uh, right, you uh, get a boon, but you get like a, a some sort of negative effect same, from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with the uh, curse, yeah, you yeah. know. Right, curse ha- definitely has the corruption with which, the dark gifts. Which and everything that like one, that. I came out like a, a bandit on that one because I made a pact with the like minor god to where I couldn't take falling damage, and I was a wizard who had the oh, fly spell, so I just <laughs> flew around everywhere. I, I cheesed a couple of Adam's encounters. Literally, there was not one me, point. Not mine. Or is that? No. Yeah, Wait. that. Yeah. No, it was Jabble. No, you were thinking no. about Tomb, but you Oh, were. you said Curse. I'm sorry. Did I say yeah. Curse? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I knew you meant Jabble, though. Yeah. yeah, I definitely did. But yeah, no, I cheesed a couple of Adam's encounters with that because, like, there was a point where, like, the entire party got knocked out and Jabble just, like, cast fly and ran around and, like, <laughs> killed everybody with cantrips because they yeah. couldn't get to him. <laughs> like a real dick. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I saved everyone's life. I mean, thanks, but. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I mean, minor, like lesser, not like these were gods of mining. They're not like underage gods. These were gods of sad sounding chords. Yes, that was right. (laughs) Um, um, Adam and I actually just got a chance to start playing a little bit of Delta Green. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. a system that kind of has uh, corruption or like sanity system mm-hmm. like baked into it granted it's we, like we, one of your main core player stats it's, it's almost media. like like an hp type thing like it's that important yeah it's a it's its own bar you know mm-hmm. right yeah um but we we just started doing that one so we haven't like gotten into the the mechanics of it but i am looking forward to seeing how that works because I mean, hell, it's so but you lose sanity points in character creation <laughs> you know uh, you're like, you can i was the one that didn't because i was like no nah, i'm good like i'm keeping my sanity <laughs> yeah brian was like oh just tell me some things about your character you know what, what happened here what happened here and we're like yeah we saw this or did this okay cool go ahead and take 20 points off your sanity oh, before we even damn. start playing i was like oh yeah. 
<laughs> shit. You know? That's that's why I made the most like well adjusted, like reasonable character I could. Like, no, he doesn't have any trauma in his backstory, but whatsoever. That, though, on the flip side, and this probably is up to GM discretion. Those who have seen it and been around it before may be more resilient to it in the future. Well, that yeah, that's how it balances out in the system. So, mm-hmm. like, if you have a, a de- decrease in sanity, you get like a boost towards some sort of like, you know, you have this experience that mm-hmm. so you're a little bit more resilient to it. It, it. I mean, it's a really cool way that Delta Green lays it out, you know, and it's based on what Call of Cthulhu, right? It's yeah. just a modernized yeah. Call of right. Cthulhu. Um. And I mean, I can't wait to get into more of that. You know, we were like just getting into the investigative stuff. So, uh, you know, we, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't we run haven't into enemies yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't run into any like enemies whatsoever. No. Yet, well, we know? haven't even got into like where the shit happened. We're just still going through the dossier basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we, we basically did a, um, a session zero and session one, mm-hmm. you know? Mm hmm. So that'll, that'll be fun um, moving forward. Um, but I do want to go kind of back to a point that Emily was making about um, corruption in, insofar as we've experienced it being potentially a, a loss of player agency. I've got on my sheet, is it a removal of player agency? And I think like, you know, generally speaking, like, no, because like it, uh, at least corruption in the sense of, of kind of Starfinder or whatever, like it is if you let yourself get fully corrupted. Like that, you you know that's going to be a loss of player agency because mm-hmm. you lose your character. But I I do think it's a little more complicated than that. I know like Emily, for instance, like really loves and is interested in the corruption system, but did bring up that you know uh, as I think even Tyler said in the chat earlier, um, you know it's you're looking for ideally you want creativity within constraints. That's what mm-hmm. um, corruption is supposed to do for you. And I kind of flip flop back and forth on it a little bit. I I think there I I love limitations breeding creativity as a concept. <clears throat> That's something that I like about TTRPGs in general. I do find corruptions difficult for me though because like I'm I'm the kind of person when I'm playing a character and really want to you know get into a character. I'm I do my best work when I. I'm so familiar with that character that I know exactly what they would do at all, at all times, you know? And that's like where I've been, where I've been with Mike for the longest time. It's like, I've played that character so long. Like I know what his opinion on something would be without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And and corruption really makes you question that, right? It, it makes you be like, Oh, well, would I do that? And I think that's what can be frustrating for me is like, I've already gotten so familiar and so comfortable with the character that, I mean, obviously the goal is to take you outside of your comfort zone, but I don't fucking like it sometimes, to be honest, <laughs> because, because, I mean, I feel like it, it divides my mind. Like yeah. I'm trying to play my character like I know how to, but then I'm also trying to like scour the situations emotionally and like, okay, what would I do differently? You know, and then also like looking through my sheet to make sure I'm doing my like corruption bonuses and everything. It It's a little bit more work, but it, I think the more important factor for me that that can be a little off putting is that those limitations, uh, you know, t- take away what I'm used to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, since you decided to be the uh, second guest as your own choice, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think about corruption? I actually like them as a mechanic in, you know, falling back to what Tyler said again, you know, having 
constraints can lead to so many more creative decisions for a character or as a player and spurs more and potentially better role playing because gets you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, those uh, corruptions can make it to where you're having, you're, you're put into a situation that your character otherwise would not be in and you have to react accordingly or rather act accordingly if you're you know role playing properly. And I, I like it. I mean, I, I haven't had any major issues. I, I think doing it with Fell, um, it's occasionally easy to forget that uh, about Fell's corruption. But I think Fell himself likely would too, because he's just him doing his thing. You know, it's it's mostly a physical thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing behavior related yet. So that's just gonna say. Yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. that can be where it really um, starts to become difficult for for some people is when it is a behavior thing like you are mm-hmm. inclined to behave in this way that you wouldn't normally behave and i think that that's kind of where where i run into issues is like you know like okay i know this is like these are things maybe he would do in certain situations but i wouldn't normally but i should here so it's like it's always looking for a way to insert what your corruption says you should do. And that can be very uncomfortable because it's like the corruptions usually aren't trying to make you behave in a better way. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I will Mm -hmm. say this. And I think that it's, it may not be completely on subtopic, but I would not personally as a GM, I would not introduce corruptions to a new player. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's too much to ask too soon. Like mm-hmm. maybe like at the, if they're starting at first level, by the time they hit like fifth level, maybe then start to introduce it. But like a fresh straight out the gate, never really played any TTRPGs before. I just don't think that I would ask them to take that on. It's, mm, just, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You know? and, it, it, and it's like, willingly saying okay i don't get to do the cool thing with my character that i want to do yeah you know so yeah, yeah. i mean that's that, i i completely agree with that that because a lot of the time corruptions force you to like do uncomfortable things like the behavior related corruptions make you uh interact in social situations in in ways that are are less comfortable than you normally would be that that can be really off-putting to a mm-hmm. new player. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what advice would do you give to a new player? You know, maybe they've had a chance to play a game and like, okay, well, now we're going to do a game where corruption is a possibility. What advice would you each give to a player knowing what you know now, having some different experience with corruption, how to approach it in a way where it's still fun? I mean... On top of the like not doing it for a new player as a general rule of thumb, I would I would also say like you need to really know your party and be friends with them at, because like as good friends as we are, as long as we've been playing together, like this you know we've had situations like we talked about with with Emily and and needing to take a break and like collect ourselves. So um, if you are relatively new and are insisting on doing corruptions, like I, I would say, you really need to like maybe go back and have another session zero yeah you know go back and have a talk and be like like these are the realities of what can happen and this can be feel icky and feel uncomfortable 
And, you know, you really got to emphasize separating your mm-hmm. player and your, and your, uh, character. Yeah. How you do know? you do that? Uh, how, how do you do that? Uh, I don't, I'm just a, a big <laughs> muscle bound winning machine. <laughs> um, I, it can be tough, man. You know, it really can. Um, so, but I, I mean, you know, mostly it, it comes from my respect for you guys, you know, like that's the easiest way for me to separate is like, well, maybe my character would do this asshole thing that like, I would never say to you guys, <laughs> you know? And that th- those situations are very, I think, e- easier for me personally because I'm like, well, this is very obviously not something Heath would say to you. Yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah, I've, I, no, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say I've I've dealt a little bit with this in uh, the Curse of Stride game that Emily's running, you know, in Five E, and I just kind of leaned into it. You know, I, I've. Uh, as far as advice for a new player, just realize that it's not you, the people that you're talking to that way through your character. You're not talking to your friends. You're talking to their characters. You have to be able to put a wall in between yourself and your character and the other players and the GM and their characters. You know, you have to be able to compartmentalize. And if you can't, then maybe it's not something that you know, would be a good idea to try to do. Yeah. Well, and I think as much as I hate for things to go back to like the GM needs to make the, make the hard choices here. Like I do think to some degree, like a, if a GM is considering corruptions as a mechanic in his games, he needs to take a good hard look in the mirror and a good hard look at his party and say like, okay, is this something they're going to react well to? Is this something they're emotionally stable enough for something they're ready for? And is this something I'm not going to abuse or exploit to the point that's going to piss them off and make them not want to play this game? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Uh, another kind of aspect apart from, excuse me, just, table makeup uh etiquette you know session zero kind of stuff i think one thing that i would suggest to like a new player is working on not only you know setting up those boundaries with yourself and with your gm with your players but set up the scene try and work on being in the mindset of that corrupted character Because you could have, you know, X amount of levels that you, like he said, you've spent building this character that has a certain mindset. And then when the corruption effects come in and you're supposed to change certain aspects of your behavior, certain, you know, physical traits change about you or how you act in battle, you know, Um, creating a scene in your head, or at least this is, this is my very personal suggestion. I have a weird scene in my head of Ziva in like this man in the middle kind of room. And on one side of the room or on either side of the room are double-sided glass, you know, and on one side of the glass is a completely uncorrupted Ziva and on the other is a completely corrupted Ziva. And I like to kind of play a situation and say, how would this one react? 
how would this one react? And then I kind of split the difference with the actual character that I'm playing at the time. So kind of creating anchor points, I guess, in your mind of what the character would do. So you can sort of set those boundaries. Well, that's a, that's a way to, I mean, what you're basically describing is a way, a good trick, I think, to visualize what is a spectrum. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I think that's at, excellent like, advice. Yeah. Here, here are my two extremes. Mm-hmm. Now, I probably don't want to do either of those, right? I want to be yeah. somewhere in the middle most of the time if I have a corruption, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, and and reading into things, um, or reading up on things rather, or you know, watching movies, get yourself in the right headspace for what these corruptions could look like, um, how you could respond to them in a scene. Uh, I think. I think just kind of getting yourself in that that headspace to go mm. and play the game is really helpful. Like Adam suggested some really good reading and some good movies um, before we ever started Signal of Screams. And it really helped me kind of like set up some expectations and, and things that I was like, you know, if this happens, I would like to try and squirrel this in, you know. Uh, so I, I like preparing getting yourself in that mindset i think it's a lot of fun well that does lead me to my next question which was uh and you kind of answered it a little bit for yourself but i i have kind of a twofold question um first do you guys as as players i i don't mean to exclude you adam but i mean you've played as other characters so this could work for you i guess as well but do you guys have any like rituals or particular things that you do to get into character before the, before a recording session uh like in general but then also do you have those things for getting in the mindset of a corrupted pc no i'm going to be a bummer and say not really <laughs> I mean, okay. I when I when I sit down and start talking to the uh, other PCs, it just kind of happens. Or talking to an NPC, the you know, Fell is. I think a lot of it has to do with Fell being very close to who I am. Right. That that's what um, I was thinking as well. It's like you, so you do it's, have a similar yeah kind of job and backstory. It's not too far removed from myself, so I don't really have to. Uh, for one, that's a little bit more in depth or different than me. I don't want to say Fell's not in depth, uh, but I don't know. I, I I guess we'll see <laughs> when that happens. I mean, I'll I'll answer it from a GM's perspective. Like the the night that we recorded the heavy heavy corruption episodes, I recorded that episode in the dark with a hoodie on, and like because I couldn't, I had to separate myself as y'all's friend a little bit to, to run that because like it's, it was a it, shitty situation. It, it, it to wasn't y'all to in. increase the creepiness at all. Not I mean, that's part of it, but it <laughs> helped get me in the mindset, you know, to like, to be able to execute that, that session, you know? Yeah. Emily, you got any rituals, anything you do to, to play Ziva? Norma, uh, well, you've, you've mentioned the two extremes, you know. Do you have different rituals for each of those, for corrupted Ziva versus normal Ziva? Or do you have any rituals at all? Or are you just like a champ like Josh here and you just jump in and kill it every time? <laughs> uh, no, I am, I am not a champ. Uh, so if we're doing anything... <laughs> 
is so stupid. If we're doing anything that I know is going to, like, beforehand, if I know we're going into a situation where Ziva's going to have to talk and be very, you know, madam about it, very captain, um, I have a pair, I call them my badass boots. Um, they're like seven inch, like super chunky heel, like they're like combat boots from hell. And they're I like love cyber them. goth boots. Yeah, I love them. So if I know that we're going into a scene like where she needs to be boss bitch, I'll put on my bad bitch boots. Um, and it just helps me kind of get in that headspace. Uh, if I know that we're doing corruption, like heavy, like Adam said, with the heavy corruption, before a session, I'll just stand in front of the mirror and, like, do creepy faces. Like, try and make myself uncomfortable with my own face. Like, like really wide eyes or contorted smiles. I, like, I just try and freak myself out mostly. So, that's, that's me. <laughs> no, that's great. I knew you would have rituals. I was, I was just... <laughs> Uh, or you would have something that you did, and I, I was banking on that. Otherwise, I wouldn't even ask the question. <laughs> um, I think for my own part, like Mike, normal Mike, um, as different as we are physically, like I think there's a lot of truth to who I am within normal Mike, like just his uh, general demeanor and like tone of speech you know is kind of direct but kind of funny and amiable most of the time um but with corrupted mike i don't i don't really have anything i do because i feel like if i tried to find some kind of ritual or or some kind of practice to get myself in the swing of what his corruption is i mean because his corruption is like intimidation based it's like being a fucking asshole you know, like, I don't want to do anything to, like, become a better asshole, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, but I mean, I watch a lot of fights, you know? Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of, like, um, you know, a decent amount of, like, action movies and stuff and try to try to pay attention to when there are scenes. Uh, do you guys do this thing now because you're, like, TTRPG player veterans where, like, when you're watching movies, I mean, you've been playing for long enough that it's a part of you. But you're like watching movies and you're like just tallying like what their roles were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched yeah. So, uh, Fellowship of the Ring the other day and the whole time I was just like, oh, they sucked on that role. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's one thing I pay attention to, I think, more now when I'm watching movies, particularly like action movies and stuff like that is like, when do they make an intimidation check? You know? And and generally, it's a very successful intimidation check, and that's good inspiration for me. It's like, you know, it's how to more effectively and believably, like, say badass shit. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I just keep my eye on that to to try to increase my ability to say things that are intimidating in a convincing way and not sound like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you, uh, you're watching a lot of Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think we're going to talk about some some what we've been watching when we come back from the intermission. Yep, yep. That's about that time, huh? It's I think it's about intermission time. Good conversation on the corruptions. Um, I mean, there's there's so much you could talk about with corruptions, but I also think we're kind of limited in that. Like, I don't think any of us have really played that extensively with corruptions, you know, uh -uh. Um, and certainly not in other gaming systems, right? 
Right. I, I think that it's it's definitely got my interest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, w- I would like to explore different. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes with Delta Green. I'm curious to see. I think in the chat, uh, ERL was talking about Burning Wheel. Um, apparently has a pretty robust corruption system mm-hmm. that's like actually built into what like, is player that? incentive. A burning know. wheel is like a, another TTRPG system. Um, uh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more after the intermission. Um, right. Everybody go get yourself a, a drink, a refreshment. Get your uh, thinking caps on. We got some hard trivia questions mm-hmm. tonight. Yep. We do. We do. And and we've got listener questions coming up. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so get those listener questions in there too. You guys have right about, just like last time, 12 minutes. <laughs> 12 minutes. <laughs> See you in 12. See you in 12. 12. <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you got yourself a nice beverage or whatever you needed to do to make yourself have a good evening. Um, <laughs> we're, we're having a good evening, having some good discussions. If you're just joining us, uh, I don't know. Uh, is that? Oh, yeah. Emily has her giant combat boot things. Her corruption boots. Everybody. Her Bad corruption bitch boots. boots. Yeah. There Bad you go. Boots. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope everybody got a drink. We're into the kind of listener engagement portion of the show or second half, but you know, what, what you, what you got there, Heath? What are you cracking open? Just a white claw. I'm, I'm real basic tonight. Is it a pumpkin spice flavored one? <clears throat> no, it's not that basic. <laughs> Mine's close. I'm drinking a cinnamon milk snap stout. <laughs> a cinnamon a- milk snap. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Snapple, and I, I was like, that too. sounds weird. <laughs> it's not a Snapple. Cinnamon milk Snapple. It's a, oh, so a chai tea, okay. I mean, basically. <laughs> I'll scratch just like gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I've got a an Arnold Palmer with vodka. I believe that's called an Arnie Palmy. Is an it an Arnie Palmy? Annie Palmy. I don't like it. <laughs> Why is it called? Oh that? man! Because the man Cause cause Arnold Palmer. No, Arnie Palmer. Oh, oh look, uh, we got old Scratch in here for the second half. Oh, cool! Oh, look, we got Zach in here for the second half too. What's up, Zach? Zach. Um, uh, you know, all of you other folks have been here with us all night. Hey, glad to have you. What are we? What? Are, what's our segment tonight, Heath? Uh, we're gonna talk uh, for a couple minutes for about <clears throat> what have uh, you guys been watching lately? Is What's this up? a is this a segment a seggy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's not a segue. <clears throat> it's a Segisaurus Rex. Wow. Ugh. Ooh, I can't wait to be done with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good. I've only like let loose two awful puns so far. Yeah, that's that's definitely the under. Still got time. Um, yeah, but what well, I mean, have you guys been watching anything uh notable? Uh 
I mean, I've been, I haven't, I haven't been watching a whole lot lately because I've had so much like, work to do. For the new season of Expanse. Yeah. I haven't even started it. I haven't watched the second season of The Mandalorian. Like, I haven't Me watched neither. any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've been watching the second season of The Expanse. I've been watching, um, you know, here's something on Netflix. There's a comedy special called, um, Middlelich and Schwartz. Oh, that's gold. I, I watched oh all my. of that in like one day. Dude, I mean, like, I'm talking my belly hurt mm-hmm. after watching that. I was laughing just so constantly. It was just like constant chuckles the whole time through, you know? Just, I mean, yeah. both of those guys are just, just genius. So, yeah. so well, the, it's the deal John is, Ralphia. Yeah, yeah. So the deal is it's, it's Benjamin Schwartz and, uh, Tom Middlelich and they, they come out. And they're doing a comedy show, you know, so they're playing theaters that you would do, you know, stand up comedy in. But they're improvising a whole hour based on a about five to 10 minute conversation with one of the audience members. And then they just go from there. Like in each, and so there's three different ones that they recorded and released. Um, and it is just, their chemistry is just so funny. And like the funniest part about it is how they like are switch, switch characters all the time, but they're like talking to each other on a meta level in character to try to get, get to bring it all together, you know, (laughs) to get through whatever they're making up. They're like, "And, and my name is this, right? And your name is this. And I, it's just, it's so funny. And like, they just kill it. That's the, and from, from what I understand, because I watched all of that, like the day it came out, actually, and I didn't even mean to. I didn't know about it coming mm. out. I just happened to be on Netflix and the, the new release, like when it came out, I was like, well, that looks like I love John Ralphio. So, like, I, I'm sure I'll love this. But from what I understand, what they're doing is like uh, if you take improv classes, it's like the first activity they introduce you to. You know, like it's one of like the very the basic premises of like how to get better at improv, but they've just mastered it. Well, yeah, and they do a whole hour of it, you right? Know, like each one is an hour, and it's real. Like mean, it's like one of real. them is like a chaotic like wedding. And yeah, they play yeah. all the characters in the wedding. The the not only the bride and and groom, but like their they, family members. They're yeah, in the like audience. Them, them shuffling out and then like swapping back in with a weird posture to show that they're like the. The crazy grandmother, or yeah, it's yeah, really, it's, just, it's, it's really, really, good. It's really well done. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's my recommendation. That, that, that's the funniest thing to me about it is like how they move like locations and stuff to express like what character mm-hmm. they are and how yeah. quickly and like on the fly they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's got vibes of like whose line is it anyways, but it's like so much more like rapid fire oh, yeah. and and yeah. and connected. Well, know? and with with less like prompts, you know, they have this one conversation, you know, and it's with an audience member, so you can imagine how that goes. Like it's kind of an awkward conversation, you know, and then they develop an hour out of that, you know. This anyway. So what are you, what are you watching, Heath? Uh, like I said, I'm, I haven't been able to watch many shows. I will say, and I don't mean to be a bummer, since John moved out, like, I haven't been watching anything because I don't have anything, anyone to watch things with. Like, because the time of COVID plus John not living here anymore, like, if I'm going to watch, like, a, a TV show, like, a, a linear, you know, episodic thing, like, I cannot do it by myself. I don't enjoy it by myself. I need to, like, react to it with another person to really get the enjoyment out of it that I want. And like, I'm the world's worst about like 
we could be watching, say, an episode of The Expanse. Like me and John watched uh, the the fourth season of The Expanse when he was still living here, and like I'm. Fortunately, John's very patient with me, <laughs> but I'm the world's worst about like, we'll get five minutes in and something big will happen and I will pause the episode and we're going to talk about this now for five minutes <laughs> and then we'll unpause it and then keep going and then we're going to talk about this for five minutes Mm-mm. and and me and him I have done that I can't imagine why forever. it's been difficult for you to find somebody to watch TV with. <laughs> Uh, well, that's a dick comment. Um, the, the the number one factor is that it's fucking a pandemic, dude. Like, people aren't seeing each other. But no, I mean, me and John are like such good friends like that, that we both do that when we're watching stuff together. Yeah. Because we want to suss out lore and details in depth, like in the moment. Right, right. And no, we get, get a that. lot out of that as friends. And I mean, me and John work like that, you know, like we build, we build theoretical characters and stuff for, for, you know, Starfinder and stuff together, like all the time when he was living right. here. So, yeah, I mean, like other than me apparently being a horrible person for pausing TV shows, um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, I just, I haven't had anybody to engage with. I, th- I think that's for me, like, Media in general is meant to be consumed with friends and like I don't I, I just don't have anybody to like really enjoy and watch things with. Now if it's something, you know, that's more like of an emotional bent or whatever that I can really get something out of by myself, that works. But you know, if it if it was something big like Game of Thrones or The Expanse or whatever, like I want to be there with other people that are reacting viscerally to what's happening, even if we're not get, watching it. Every I get that. Minutes. Yeah, I do. I do get the like kind of uh, emotional vampirism of of like sharing an experience and like kind of feet. You know, making it feels more because you're feeding off of that. Right. With somebody well, that's there, like yeah. I've I've long believed like comedies aren't worth watching without a friend. Like I can't. Yeah, I can't. It's I can't to laugh with somebody. I can't else, watch you know? a comedy movie by myself. Like I can. I can to go to sleep. Like I I for about a year straight <laughs> would put on the ladies' man to go to sleep to every night. Hmm. Um, but. Uh, I will say last night, like, because the, the Saints lost and I was bummed out and I was half drunk, um, <laughs> I went to sleep at like nine o'clock and I never do that. I'm, I'm such a night owl. Um, but I woke up at like two in the morning <laughs> and like obviously couldn't go back to sleep. And I put, I like just looked for something to put on that would put me back to sleep. And I ended up watching the entirety of Dances with Wolves last night. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a long movie. And it's it, a well, that's what that's what I put it on because I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll be able to pass out during Dances with Wolves for sure." Yeah, and I was like, "Nope." Watched all of Dances with Wolves and then started Cool Hand Luke. Well, and, today and I learned that, that Heath's viewing habits are very strange. Yes, uh, but they are. Emily, I think you didn't you didn't you start a whole channel about your reviewing habits? I mean, she may have, but I haven't talked about how I've been rewatching. You're the just office. the producer, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the guest. Fine, Heath, Fine. shut him down. Shut him down, Heath. Uh, no, I'm I'm a team Josh on this one. He didn't get his due, you know. See, you guys are going to regret this because I've been watching anime. I already know. I already know. Oh, what have you been watching? Uh, started watching ReZero, which it, it's one of those that. Uh, you did this, Heath. Yeah, you're welcome, Heath. Thanks. It's fine. It's fine. I've got. A, I've got a follow up. Yeah. So, so guy gets killed and wakes up in fantasy world, similar to like Sword Art Online or one of those. Uh, okay. Isekai. Log Horizon. Log Horizon. On. The. Yeah. It's it's a whole anime trope. Well, tons yeah. of series do this, but he's stuck in kind of a Groundhog's Day type thing, 
to where he goes through and gets brutally killed at the end of the first episode. Minor spoilers. And is trying to get to say to that before out, you say the spoiler. It's really not that big a deal. Uh, but he is basically doing like Edge of Tomorrow or Groundhog Day or trying to figure out the right order of events to do stuff to be able to keep everybody alive, to be able to, you know, get through it. It's been interesting so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like a, a new take on a kind of a classic mm-hmm. trope. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, aside from that, like I said, rewatching The Office, uh, haven't seen it since Netflix did DVDs and only Ooh. DVDs pre-streaming Netflix. Wow. Uh, I was watching clips of The Office today just on YouTube. Yeah. And it, it's it's still really good. Like, I don't like Michael Scott as a character, but everything about that Dude, show well, is just. You're supposed to hate it. Exactly. Yeah. Like I guess as a it. character, I think he's great. As a person, he's horrible. Well, okay, well I yeah. mean, he's he is the cringe of that show. Yeah, yeah. It, like, that show starts to suck feature. when he's not there. Like, right. It's not. It's not as good without him. Wait, period. he leaves the show. I oh, thought they stopped at that season. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they Don't might as well have. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, How I Met Your Mother stopped at season what eight, seven? I think. I don't know. I, don't I, know I will. I will say. Speaking of uh, anime. I got uh, like two weeks ago, I think uh, I got real drunk. Like I was just like playing video games and smashed like a bunch of beers and it got like two or three in the morning. And I decided in that moment I needed to watch Dragon Ball Z and like and and I got a Funimation account. I got the free 30 day trial just to watch it. And I put on one episode and passed the fuck out. And I've I've in that two weeks watched like seven episodes like it's not going to be worth even having the account <laughs> you know <laughs> i just decided i had to have some dragon ball z nostalgia sometimes in you that need it, man moment, i mean you know? i think that was a very good drunk purchase i think that was solid a drunk free purchase yes exactly which is the best kind of purchase um yeah man watching stuff is great in fact, <laughs> so much so. You made, you, made her, he, you made her transition into her own. Bit. I tried, Emily. Listen, I tried. I appreciated it, Adam. Heath let the Josh train through, and that's. I'm not taking any responsibility for that. Uh, neither am I. No, of course not. Why would you? <laughs> that's what I appreciate about you, Josh. Um, no, I will totally segue myself. Um, I'm pretty good at it. No, that's a higher Patreon level, dude. Excuse me. Oh, that's fair. Um, (laughs) no, I, yes, you're right. I started a thing. So we've been like joking about it for. I need you to be more specific. I'm going to get there. It's called the build up, son. Um, (laughs) good lord. Uh, anyways y'all know how i ain't never seen no movies basically ever we are rectifying that i have started a youtube channel um it's called summerlin creative it's basically where my husband and i go through the list of y'all it's i just looked it's over 300 movies that i haven't seen it's a big list it's a big list um and it's like basically like culturally important or, or or i guess pop culture um the films that it's everybody stuff that seen. you should have seen exactly yeah, it's like it's like canonical like uh, american movie history yeah you know? yeah um and so so far we have watched 17 movies um a lot of them are comedies because you know 2020 was rough uh we started in november and 
we are, yeah, we've got 17 videos up and you can. Yeah, you've really been crushing through those. I've been you've, trying to because it's a, it's a big old list and we're tr- trying to make a dent. Um, what's but, been your favorite so far? Oof. Oof. Well, what's your favorite comedy that you've watched so far? Um, probably. Oh man, probably Hot Shots. Hot Shots. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Part Two? Have, have you seen Part Two? I have seen Part Two, and I I liked the original f- bet slightly better because Lloyd Bridges' character is hilarious. Well, Lord Lloyd Bridges is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bit about him tripping on a crab. Like, y'all, for for like weeks after we saw that fucking movie, I was just like, I, y'all know I am not the most graceful creature this side of anywhere. Um, so, <laughs> this so side like, of anywhere. <laughs> so I trip a lot or I stumble, walk into shit. And I'm like, oh, even on planet comes, even on planet clumsy, I'm the worst. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely like hot shots. That one was good. Um, What's but, what movie surprised you the most? Like, um, probably, hmm, I'm gonna say planes, trains, and automobiles because I did not anticipate to get. I didn't. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. I love um, that movie. It's it's like really good. The other one that was just like so. So stupid, but I really appreciated it. Like it's, it's good stupid. This Total Recall, mm. um, because oh, Jesus, just y'all. If you've never seen it, go watch it. Get your ass to Mars. That's all I can say. <laughs> also, after I watched that, I got a shirt with Benny on it. It says, "Hey man, I got five kids to feed." It's <laughs> <laughs> the greatest shirt that I own. <laughs> Um, you know, but we, Matthew and I have kind of been just sort of smashing through there. We're trying to do two videos a week. Um, release schedule is, uh, release a video on Sunday and Thursday. Um, so we're just kind of plowing through that. You can find the channel on the YouTubes. Uh, you can just search for Summerlin Creative. Um, Don't you, have a, got, don't you have another channel now? I do. Um, if you want to see the list, there's actually a link to the list of all the movies on the channel. So you can go through there and see if anything's missing. Um, the other thing that we're doing, uh, and this is literally, I just recorded the first session today. Um, we, we, I am doing a separate YouTube channel um, called Possum Fox where I will be uh, doing video games, like do Let's Plays or kind of reviews or, you know, just kind of getting back into video gaming because life got crazy for a few years and I got real into TTRPGs and, you know, am still. But I've missed out on a lot of video games, so I'm trying to sort of get back into that and... Uh, just kind of doing a playthrough of a few different like 
really big games and then probably going to be dipping back into some of my old uh, favorites. What would um, those be? Yeah, yeah. What did, well, what did <laughs> yeah. you say? We're all you like, said, what, what? Tell us what it is. <laughs> well, you said you did. You just recorded the first one. Mm-hmm. So what, what video game are you playing in the first one? Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, okay. Uh, what because, a great story in a mediocre game. Um, thank because, you. Because uh, I, I know, at me, I don't give a shit. At me, no, okay. Trust me, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm with that. Um, so far, the, my first two hours of gameplay, I think that either I am really, really terrible at this game. Or I really need to go in and figure out what the fuck I'm doing with the controls because obviously things are off. Like I'm running into shit and people get mad at me. Yep. You accidentally pull your gun in town and then you're wanted for, you know, 20 minutes. I I don't know how to ride a horse apparently, which isn't (laughs) fair because I do in real life. So, you know, uh, are you playing with mouse and keyboard or controller? Yeah. Mouse and keyboard. Because that game was built with a controller in mind. Just uh, It still warning. sucks. That's <laughs> Hot take. I haven't um, played it, but. Um, I played it. I hate the controls in that game. Dude, the, I, I hate the game design. Sorry, I'm not trying to be a hater because it is such a good story and it's a really pretty world. But it's like, the best it's not, game it's that not I'd rather fun watch. to play. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, well, it's, to me, it's like um, The Last of Us. I'd rather watch someone else play it than play it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so far, like you said, you know, the visuals are awesome. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to just kind of dicking around and riding my horse places. Um, but I, I was drawn to it because it sort of like the little bit of gameplay that I've seen, like Matthew's played it and I kind of watch over his shoulder a little bit. Um, but like it gave me sort of like cowboy Skyrim feels and oh, uh, Skyrim. Oh, I see that. And Dragon Age Inquisition were like my games for a hot minute. Like they were the ones, and still are the ones that I kind of go back and play periodically. So, what are you going to play like, after Red Dead? You said some old favorites. Um, I may dip back into play some. I'm thinking to do some stupid mods in Skyrim. Um, nice. and just run around mm, and do stupid fun. shit. Yeah, that'd be fun. Got to get the Thomas the Tank Engine. Of course, the obviously, like you can't yes. not. Um, and Macho Man Randy Savage, mm. um, uh, uh, may do some N64, like may pull out some, Ooh. some, some Zelda, um, just because that was like my favorite, like y'all know I did like orchestral versions of Zelda music at, for my wedding. So, um, I did not know that. Yeah, that's oh, new. I'm sorry. It's new information. I did, uh, if sorry. you didn't know, well, I wasn't I, invited to your I wedding. I did not go and was not invited to your wedding. So. <laughs> I was before I knew you guys. Uh-huh. That's not our that's fault. Not a, that's it was not like an excuse. A decade ago. I was available to be known this whole time. <laughs> I, dude, I fucking love weddings. Like I I live for weddings. Just not my own. Okay. Well, if we have a vow renewal thing, I'll totally holler at y'all. Um, and I'll get good and drunk. Good and drunk. <laughs> good, good, good and drunk. <laughs> but no, it's just you know doing fun shit on youtube yeah how's that been like uh, what's that experience been so far what's the response been how you know aside from what content you're consuming how's it been making content consuming content i have been honestly 
shocked by the reception that we had. I, I was expecting people to be horrible. You know, the internet is rough. And I was just like, you know, we're putting us out, ourselves out there. Anticipate the worst in people. And it's been sort of the opposite, you know. I mean, there yeah, are- if, if the, the community of Southern Tom Fuller is any indication of how shitty the internet is. You know, well, then it's well, a so, place. Now, I'm gonna need you to back the fuck up. <laughs> See, no, I love you guys, I'm just I, kidding. Well, this is, this initially, is my show, Adam. I, I don't need that kind of vibe on here. Okay? <laughs> initially, I was like, it'll be fine. All of like, all of our awesome listeners for podcasts are amazing. And then I was like, Emily, this is gonna be a very broad spectrum. Yeah, you're going to people. YouTube. It's a different yeah. world. Yeah. And this is just, you know, movie reactions. It's not a specialized format like TTRPGs. Like it's a it's a niche group, you know, that we're in. But YouTube is, you know, shotgun and I was scared, but people have been majority really nice. And the ones who have been assholes, it's just like they're obviously trolls. Like if you misspell the word the, I Sorry, mean, I'm, I'm gonna let yeah, you know. I'm, I will no. let you know. <laughs> if your grammar is wrong, I'll let you know. Um, uh, well, what are we, where can we find these things? Um, just hop over to the YouTubes. Um, I think we'll drop a link in the discord at some point. Um, but just literally YouTube and search Summerlin Creative. Yeah. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube now, then uh, there will be a link below. Cool. Yeah. And if you if you don't mind, please go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. Go, if you like go that? ahead and smash, smash that subscribe smash that button. Smash, that. smash, smash that, that subscription subscribe. button. And hit that bell to get notifications. All right. Look, look. I gave you this opportunity, and now you're just like shitting all over my kindness. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what I do best. Keith, you you open the door to these two jokers tonight. You knew this. You know this, man. Heard. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. Uh, in all honesty, it's, it's awesome to see that you've had some, some success with your, uh, reaction, uh, movie video channel. And I, I wish you well on your, uh, video game channel. I hope that isn't more toxic, you know, but I, I don't trust the video game world out there. Uh, but I really do hope you, hope it goes well for you. And I'm glad you, you've done as well as you have so far. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think it's about time for some trivia. Ooh, we got the (laughs) trivia. Uh, We got some tough questions for you guys tonight. Uh, Just a quick reminder how this works. We do three-month rounds, all right? And so we total up points over three months of Tom Talks, and at the end of each of those three months, we'll do a giveaway to the person that has the most points. Uh, I can't remember if we allowed two people to score or if it was just the first person. I think it's just the first person. It's first person. First person to, to write the answer in the Twitch chat will get a point. We have an easy question. We have a medium question. Oh, it is the first two. It is the first two. We're getting it from the chat. They would know better than us. We just run the show. That's true. Uh, um, <laughs> so the first two, uh, and that's a, there's going to be a 10 second, a, uh, time for you to answer the question. Um, easy, medium, hard. Let's go ahead and get started. The easy question tonight. Heath, do you want to ask it? Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask all of them. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> He's going to hit show and all. Guys. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Well, it just gets so complicated when nobody knows who's asking. <laughs> uh, we'll just, we'll just, you know, go over back and forth for ten minutes. It's like watching a TV show with me. Um, <laughs> Wait, pause. We're doing trivia questions. We need yeah. to talk about that right now. <laughs> the, the, the classic self burn. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Our first question, the easy level question for the evening. And I mean, I think the fact that this is the easy question should give you some indication as to how difficult they're going to be. They're in all Ziva related. Tonight. Yeah, I'll and all of them are Ziva related because Emily is the guest tonight. She so should we, ask the question. We we came to her. <laughs> All right, see see Wait, what I mean. Hold on, there's trivia tonight. <laughs> Pause. Pause. <laughs> we need to talk about this. We discuss this. Sorry, Heath, do go on. Okay. This is also can't, how Thursday nights normally go too. Yeah. Can't tr- trust you people as far as I can throw you. Um. Okay. The easy question. First question. Everybody, get your typing fingers ready. On which planet did Ziva spend her enslavement? Ten seconds. Here we go. And I'll repeat the question. It's posted on the thing, too. Um, oh, oh! look at this producer. <laughs> Killing it. I'm not going to repeat it then. Just We've read. got Nusheo says Akaton. Uh, BPT says Planet Hulk. Old Scratch, <laughs> Old Scratch says Johnson Akaton. with an Akaton. Uh, we got eggs to go with an Akaton. Uh <laughs> Sorry. God damn. Sorry, we have our first two. <laughs> Akaton is not right. It is Akaton. Uh, Old Scratch Johnson and New Shayo both get a point. Mark it down, Josh. Yep. All right. All right. Congratulations. All right. Our second question, the medium tier question for tonight. In what order did Madame Ziva speak to the Epic Tracer crew in episode one? Ooh. Going all the way back to episode one. When she first How did assembled, she collect the ETC? Right. When she first assembled the crew, in what order did she meet them? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. This is the medium question. This is the medium question. We'll give you, some, we'll give you a little extra we'll time little on extra this time. one. Yeah, because yeah. you, you have four names to type out, so. <laughs> All right, we have our first uh, pop, submission. Pop, pop, Mike Zeno fell Oren. We have from Old Scratch Johnson. We have BP Tart with Mike Oren Zeno fell. Eggs with Mike fell Zeno Oren. Nushea with Mike Zeno Oren fell. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that nobody has got <laughs> the answer correct wrong. yet. Every one of those is wrong. Every yeah. single one of those. Do we want to let them try again? No. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> You sweet, kind uh, soul. <laughs> I want people to get points. Can I give him a hint, though? How many seconds we got left here? Give him a hint, and then we'll give you 10 seconds more. Mike after the isn't hint. first. Mike isn't first is the hint. All right. We have some new new submissions here. We've got Ooh, from I, I Buster Knuckle, Oren Fell, Mike Zeno. We have one from X to Go, Fell, Fell again, <laughs> Zeno, Fell, Mike. <laughs> we have Old Scratch, Fell, Oren, Mike Zeno, Nusheo, Fell, Oren, Mike Zeno. All right. I'm going to go ahead and call it. Only one of you is going to get the points here. And Buster Knuckle, you are the winner in this medium this, question. Uh, this mm-hmm. one, I will, I will say. I understand it can be a little confusing because the way that we recorded the first episode, I could see you thinking 
that that uh, Orin and Fell were switched. Orin answered, right? Orin answered yes. the door. Yep. Because yep. Fell was elbows deep in the epic tracer, and Orin Ar- was sitting there on his ass reading a book. Orin was being an asshole trying to make Fell answer the door so he could keep reading his Louis Lamore novel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So so good job. Uh, <laughs> good job, Buster. Uh, that's I'm why we named a drink after you in mm-hmm. World, because you know what's up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a point for Buster. Mark it on the board, Got Josh. It. Okay, that was the medium question, y'all. Uh, hard question, yeah. Heath. What do we got? Okay, this one. This one is tough. And you really needed to have paid attention to some not the direct main story <laughs> stuff. Um, hard question. Last one of the evening. What are the names of Madame Ziva's head of security and head of personnel? I'll even give you a hint. One is a Shabad and one is a, uh, a Keshti. A Keshti. Lizard. A lizard. <laughs> a little lizard. <laughs> and we got our first answer in here. We got mm-hmm. Oh Fuck from Eggs. That's, that's a, a his, his. We've got Nushe with Etram and Uli. Really? We've got old Scratch Johnson with Etram and Uli. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, we have two yeah. two correct answers there. Etram and Uli is correct. Nice so job. Maybe little Mike and Mama Babushka. Question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Uh, uh, little, little Mike and Mama Babushka. Little Mike and Mama Babushka. And now I can't wait for Adam to bring in like a dwarf version of Mike. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Little, little Mike. Well, Mike. Well, Mike. He's short and mouthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was trivia. Good job. Uh, I think Nietzsche and Old Scratch kind of pulling away with the lead for this this one here. Um, but there's always next month, and we don't know who the guest is, and we're not going to tell you because we're not going to give you an opportunity to know these answers. You just got to already know. And also because we haven't planned anything yet for the next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, All right, so uh, last up, man, uh, one of the things we look forward to so much here at Tom Talks Alive every time, we got got our listener questions segment. It looks like everybody tuned in for this part. Like, we have our most viewers right now for listener questions. So there's some burning questions out there, I must expect. Yeah, and and while, while we're asking these, by all means, continue submitting more if you haven't already. Give me your questions. All right, so, first one, big surprise, comes from Bipolar Pop-Tart. Uh, what kind of corruptions do you think would make you develop as a person? Ooh. Like for your what, character, if your character had a corruption. What, mm-hmm. what corruptions would make you develop as a person? Yeah, like uh, say you're role-playing a character that has a certain type of corruption. What type of corruption would make you, Heath, be a more fulfilled, fleshed out, developed, whatever person. Yikes. Uh, somebody else. <laughs> Save me. Um, uh, role-playing someone with a selfish corruption, I think, could make you, are you the person, a lot more self-aware. Um, because as a human who has had issues with setting boundaries and saying no to people, um, I think that 
having a kind of corruption for your character that makes you be more selfish, more, you know, self aware, uh, would make you reflect as a person like, Oh, you know what? This character is taking care of Y O U M E. Um, I should also do that for me, me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd and say- this is why it's dangerous to bring corruptions to your table. Mm. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd say uh, one that deals with anger and or confrontation. Uh, I'm I'm generally not a very outspoken, angry person. Uh, so you just need my corruption. So, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that might help me grow as a person because that's not something that I typically do. Mm-hmm. So to have an outlet to do that or to force me to do that might help me somehow. I don't know. Yeah. To experience something that I don't usually do. I think for me, something that highlighted a a negative aspect of my own personality. Um, if I saw that kind of play out a little bit more viscerally and like, oh, well, I'm just playing a character. But then I actually see some of the consequences of some of that would probably help me as a person try to avoid that type of behavior in in real life. So, you know, for me, making sure not to get too involved in my own ego or or my own expectations, those, those type of corruptions would make me face those things about myself in a more real way. And I think that would help me grow as a person kind of seeing what happens if you indulge in those, you know, I think, um, for me, like this is actually something I've thought about uh, maybe making a character eventually. It would at least be a, a challenge for me and my play style um, and and probably be pretty humbling would be to play a coward, like a, a character who is decidedly a coward, you know? Um, not that I'm like the bravest man in the world, but I play pretty gruff characters a lot yeah. of the time, very forward characters yeah. a lot of the time. So someone who's... Um, corrupted to be afraid you know i don't i don't often like play that archetype of the person who's actually like terrified of the situation going in Mm. about it good question yeah so turtle mike a second question turtle mike uh from i'm assuming this is pronounced earl but it's E R R R L L. Yeah, so. I think his Discord name is E R L. E R L. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they ask: Are there systems or settings you had? Sorry, are there systems or settings you feel have better tools for playing with corruption mechanics? And I, I'm I'm just gonna I guess answer for all of us in, in that we don't really have enough experience in other systems that have corruption mechanics to really make a call. This yeah. is our first deep dive into true corruption mechanics. Now, we've all played Curse of Strahd, which has a dark gift type of deal, but that's late game. But, and it's well, not, and it, everyone doesn't have to take it. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a, a whole system of mechanics. It's more like, here's a one-time kind of deal, you know? And it's so fairly this, even keel, you know? One bad thing, one good thing kind of type thing. Mm-hmm. So... 
Oh, I just got so distracted by a comment that I we are yeah, not yeah, going to talk about. Yeah, it. We're not asking that one, Eggie. <laughs> um, you that. were right. That. Yeah, we'll answer that one later in Discord. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to say no. Uh, no is the answer to that question. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, another one from uh, Bipolar Pop-Tart. How do you combat systemic corruption like bribing the GM with cookies? Oof. Uh, I don't. I try to use systemic corruption to my advantage every single time that I can. Likewise. Uh, I bought Adam two Christmas presents. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, is this meant to be a bribe? I, I have to put no, that in my but ledger. It, it, it certainly <laughs> couldn't hurt. In your you ledger. Know? It certainly couldn't hurt anything. <laughs> I have to put it in my influence ledger. I didn't no, realize that. I do, I do want to say I got Adam two Christmas presents because it uh, astounded me that him being the, the guy that got us into Starfinder, that's run us through all of this adventure so far, Adam didn't have any physical copies of the Starfinder books. So I got mm-hmm. him the, uh, I do air quotes, the pocket um, uh, character operations manual. I don't know whose pockets they're talking yeah, about. This That's is not pocket. fitting in a damn this is pocket. The pocket. It's the size of my fucking head. What the hell? This yeah. is a pocket. And that's, that's a good size but, book. But, but like, I'm glad it's this size. Like, it, if I had known that this was this was the size of the pocket editions, this is what I would have been getting all along. Like, yeah. this is great. I, I actually prefer this to the hardback. It's still readable. And it's, I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, it's, I like it. I like the... I'm glad you liked it. I oh, felt I felt kind of bad. I was like, I hate that I'm skimping on the pocket version, but it's all the games. But I did I get the hardcover of this, which is right. my favorite additional oh, nice. book that mm-hmm. Starfinder has put out. I think this well, is the best book number two that you should get, personally. No, it is. The, the, I mean, the the core rule book and the character operations manual are the core rule book. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that those two combined are what the core rulebook always should have been. Yeah, right. you know. Right. Not that I'm hating on like Starfinder, but like they make the base game, in my opinion, yeah. so much fuller. But yeah. I will say, because I got you the pocket version, that allowed me to justify getting you the, the character operations. Well, I, <laughs> I have the two physical books that I would want to have in these, and I have, this is what I would recommend to anybody just starting Starfinder. This is it right here. I would I would add the Pact Worlds if you really like lore. Yeah, that's that that's, book that's is a, so good. You don't need it to play. You don't need it to play, but like if you especially if you're wanting to do homebrew and like go to any of the Pact Worlds locations, get that book. It's so good. Yeah. Word. All right. Next question. Next there question is. is a question for Emily. Do you nice. have any tips for someone playing an envoy, specifically a Skittermander envoy? Oh, it's from Buster Knuckle. Hmm. Um, I've I've got advice, but you go ahead. (laughs) I would say. So for me, it's it's difficult because like I pretend to be more confident than I am. Um, So and I think that that's like the whole envoy thing um, is just a lot of confidence. and if you if you don't, just fake it till you make it. Um, for a skittermander specifically, I would say have definitely have fun with them and kind of lean into the skittermander uh, helpfulness. 
exactly like almost to a almost to helpful almost to a detriment to others you know i love that lore around the skittermanders and i would absolutely lean into it i i mean that would be i would just wreck some people with that and it would be so great what were you thinking heath uh use use your advantages as, as you're giving them, correct? Like, for any character you're playing, use what you're good at. Use what, even if that includes just the lore, like not mechanics. And the, to me, the number one asset of playing a Skittermander is that you are cute AF. Mm-hmm. Use that cuteness to your advantage. Like, puppy dog eye people, you know? Yeah. Like, like just max cuteness, 100%. Tell them to get them with all six <clears throat> arms. Yeah, and when, yeah, and make as many six arm jokes as you possibly yes, can. Yes, and yes. when all of that fails, get you some bad bitch boots. Watch Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that that honestly will help. So another question from Bipolar Pop-Tart that I actually really like. Uh, what kind of corruption would you do for an evil party? Uh, something that like them gaining a conscience? <laughs> well, I'd say this is probably mostly you know, for you, Adam. You make them have the same thing that a Skittermander does. They're helpful to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, listen. <sighs> Eve, I don't want to get into a whole thing, but evil is not so polar as all that. You know what I mean? Like, you can still corrupt somebody who's evil in a very similar way that you would corrupt somebody who's good. Because you're you're corrupting them in a way for them to act uh, different from how they would, and an evil person can act righteously if they think what they're doing is righteous, even if it's evil. You know, just the scariest well, kind of yeah. evil. What's that classic thing of like everyone is the hero of their own story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like so, the 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 shadow party is a great example of that. You know, it's like they have very good reasons for the motivations that they have. You know, and, but like, if I made them still susceptible to, well, let's not use the shadow part, but let's say evil person still susceptible to bright light, making them not very good at what they do. That's still a corruption or like I could put that on, on the, the intimidation one on the evil one that there, it just forces them to go further into their. their characteristics than they would normally do. An evil person can be controlled and calculated. That's not, it's not some, doesn't mean that they're just kind of blase want to kill everything, Mm -hmm. you know, evil does not mean murder hobo, right? The, the most evil is usually very calculated and controlled, you know? And so a corruption would distort that and would, would throw wrenches in that. So I wouldn't change a lot of, how I would approach it. I wouldn't make them do good things. Like, I don't think it's, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think corruption means opposite of your alignment. That's mm-hmm. not what corruption means. It means corrupting what you would do by enhancing your worst traits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like the, you mentioned the, the intimidation type corruption or whatever. If you have like a, a Randall flag character, a, a Severus Snape character, mm-hmm. and then they have to like, intimidate people at every every chance they can well that's not how they normally would work and that's not how they're normally as effective at what we view as being evil Mm -hmm. right 
So I, I hear you. I agree with, with your sentiment there. Because, like, it, it is easy. It's weird because we pigeonhole evil in a way that we don't necessarily pigeonhole good. Right. 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 Good has all these different nuance. expressions and yeah. nuance, and evil is just, oh, well, fuck everybody. Well, no. I mean, I think, I think that it's a, there's a lot more room on the spectrum for an evil person to be in a good aligned party than it seems at first blush, you know? Because evil kind of roots in selfishness more than, you know, necromancy or or eating the flesh of it, their enemies, you know? Like, yeah, that's extreme, like, kind of shock value evil. Mm-hmm. But you can be evil while thinking that you're doing the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and I would argue almost always that is the case. Mm-hmm. It's very – it's. I mean, like, you're – you know, crazy cannibalistic psychopaths or whatever. That's the extreme exception to the rule for when you really think about like what drives people to do evil things. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the inherent nature of that, of alignments being a little bit problematic because mm-hmm. like somebody might be doing an evil thing one day and be doing a good thing the next, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gloombot's only eating a couple of people. doesn't make him like really that bad. He can eat. He's you tried. No, <laughs> I didn't like it very much. It was, it was overrated. Okay. It was yeah. like a whole thing. I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Let, yeah, like like Buster Knuckle made the point. Lex Luthor is a great yeah. example of calculated evil. Like, yeah. Yes, he does evil things quite often. It's generally to benefit himself to gain power. It's not. He's just like slitting people's throats yeah, as he I walks down the Lex street. Luthor, if I corrupted. If I corrupted Lex Luthor with a corruption that made him compelled to, like, you know, eat the flesh of every person he meets, he would no longer be effective as Lex Luthor. Hmm. You know, he would, right. he'd have a lot of problems doing what he was going to do. So, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, another question. Uh, Tyler of MinMaxed asks, uh, have you all rolled up your fly for your die characters already? And are you willing to divulge any sneak peeks? Th- this is tricky right yeah. uh, before anybody says anything i just want to say this is tricky no one feel pressured to to reveal anything you don't want to i will say for my own part i ha- i've had an idea i have and i started playing around with builds i have not locked anything in uh but i mean i like you guys say whatever you want to say uh i don't mind revealing something like uh the class i intend to play I can tell you. I don't know shit. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm reluctant to to give too much info away now, and not really to protect it from a spoiler standpoint, but from we're still in the very early stages like, wh- of what putting if you this change together. Your mind, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and like you know anything that we would say now it's, it's not locked in. We haven't had our session zero. We haven't had our session negative one about this. We're, we're right now just excited about the concept of it and talking about how, you know, what's the logistics of it? How are we Mm going to do this? What, what kind of mode and tone or, you know, we're, we're giving Zach the opportunity to read the first three books of the AP first before we really, really commit to anything. And then he's going to give us the input input that's necessary for us to to make characters that will fit this campaign, you know, right. and um, you know, we've said it before, and 
Tom talks and GM happy hours and everything, but the importance of knowing the tone of the campaign and that being involved in the character creation is paramount. And I, you know, we are going to take our time to make sure that Zach has a, a good enough grasp of the overarching story to guide us to build a party that makes sense for this adventure so we can make the best party for the adventure and make something that we'll all enjoy playing for six books of it. This will be our first six book adventure where we're, where we're with this character, hopefully, you know, for an entire six books of story. So it is, it is a big decision. Yeah. I, I, I will say, you know, as if he, as Heath said, he has a class he's leaning towards. I have a class I'm leaning towards, but none of this is in stone. I've been wanting to play a Solarian since I opened the book of Starfinder. So that is kind of what I'm defaulting to. But I don't know if that's what I'm going to land on. You know, if I'm going to land on the character that that speaks to me the most once I get more information about the campaign. Yep. Yeah. And, and I will say, you know, I'm glad Adam did at least give you some idea of where his thought process is as far as like class selection. So you don't feel like you didn't get anything out of this question. Um, and, and I'll give you a little bit too. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little more sure of my class decision than even Adam is. Um, and, but I will say this is not a promise (laughs) like this is not a promise something could happen and i could just find another build that i absolutely love and that's what i go with but i am very heavily leaning towards playing a mechanic so try to make a the weirdest mechanic i can i will say (laughs) we're all very very excited to play Mm -hmm. this adventure yep and yeah you know i mean to the point to where I constantly battle my, with myself. Oh well, what if we just lower the the Patreon goal to five hundred? But we can't. Like, there's literally like a financial reason, right? Why what, we what? have it set at that, and and like it's already as low as it can go. So, but we are very anxious and very excited to play this adventure. So, I'll I'll even do you one better. Paul asked Droner Cortex mechanic, and I'll tell you right now, I never will and never have had any interest in playing a Cortex. I want a drone. I want a pet class. You know that Heath wants that extra role in the initiative. That's Heath's game right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, next question. Uh, I think this may be the last question of the night uh, from another one from Bipolar Pop-Tart. For Emily... If you could switch out Ziva for one character in a movie that you've watched so far for your YouTube channel, who would it be? And why is it John Connor from Terminator 2? <laughs> well, it's been great being here tonight. Thank you guys so much. Um, <laughs> I do have a question. Wait, that John Connor or Sarah Connor? Yeah. Oh, he no. wrote John Connor. He's, yeah. Okay. He, he meant John because I, I disliked the actor who played yeah, that's that a game. reference oh, to her okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, i do want to uh, answer buster knuckles question that he put just in there it, it, because oh, i do feel strongly about this uh buster knuckle asked would adam suggest against the Aeon throne as an ap for a beginner group and i 100 percent think it is the Beginner AP for Starfinder. Don't don't do Dead Suns. Well, yeah, like that's obvious. Time. I think we've beat that to a pulp. I think you know. Please don't do Dead Suns. I agree. Like, 
If you didn't know, we don't think that that's a good AP. Against the Aeon Throne, it's not... Here's the one thing I will say about it. It doesn't give you the whole breadth of weirdness that is Starfinder. You know, like, there's not a lot of weirdness to it. But it is a great, great intro with difficulty level, with having a clear-cut enemy, with having a very tight and only three book adventure so it's a good one to start with and if they like that they can either go to signal screams or you can start another you can start over with another ap that's the full six book deal but i think aeon throne is by far the best one to start with on starfinder by far (laughs) just my one reason for that sorry clear-cut enemy yeah Mm -hmm. you know exactly from the get-go who you're what the deal is you know yeah. um and there's no question if you're doing the right thing or not these are space nazis you're going after them fuck them up you know and it and the first book is really cool because it gives you it gives the party an opportunity to get to know themselves and you get you have this nice tight little mini sandbox that gives everybody the oh we can go do this thing first or we can go do this thing so you have all this great player choice involved in it you have a nice little small group of npcs it's a great introductory module or adventure for gms because it's not terribly difficult to run you know uh at least book one book two is a little tough with the prison but you can figure it out i promise um and and i just really really do think that that's the best one to start uh, with. Paul, Paul asks over Dawn of Flame. I know you guys don't have any way to answer that. I have read Dawn of Flame, and as much as I, I still eventually would love to run Dawn of Flame, it didn't kind of pan out the way I wanted to, but it's always a potential in the future. But I will say, having read Dawn of Flame, like, for a new party, like, yeah, I still I still think against the Aeon Throne is probably my pick for, for how to start. That said... I think there's a that's not a bad choice. That's not a bad second. Dawn of Flame could be very, it, it's very it can be very exciting for a new party. I think Dawn right? of Flame might be the one you might want to bring your fantasy table to. If they're a little reluctant about the sci-fi elements of it, I think Dawn of Flame might help bridge that gap because it's the, a little bit more like I mean, and I only know just a general, but from what Heath and I have talked about and what I know about Donna Flame is that it has a big dive into the science fantasy part of Starfinder, whereas Aeon Throne is a little bit more traditional kind of. It is. It is. Donna Flame is. Donna Flame has a lot going for it. And if you want to go back to talking about uh, creativity within constraints. As an AP, I think that is nail on the head what Dawn of Flame is because the whole thing takes place on or in the sun. Right. You don't right. go anywhere else in that whole AP and they do so much with it. I, I, I love the concept of that AP. So like, I don't think that's a bad choice at all, but I would say if you want just like the easiest one to, to drop a new group into and they're not going to get like too overwhelmed and they'll get a little bit of time to figure out who they are as players. Go go against Aeon Throne. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it, huh, Josh? Is there? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we had we had one more just come in. Where is that? Oh yeah, in, actually, in Egg, the stream chat. Egg just asked a uh, question a couple minutes ago. How would Fell, Mike, and Ziva 
handle a corrupt politician trying to extort them both pre- and post-corruption. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer for Fell, because like I've said earlier, Fell's corruption has not yet affected his personality. He'd handle it the exact same way, just a little bit less charismatically, because he now looks a little bit funky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's... Uh, sorry for like kind of a non-answer, but where where he is at time of recording this, that's all I've got. Well, pre? The, the same way. I mean, he... Okay, fair enough. You know, yep. th- there would be no difference between gotcha. the two. What about Mike? I think that answer's the same, whether corrupted or not. You you come at Mike like that, he's going to knock you out, dude. Get out of here. You think Mike won't just hit somebody? He will. I will. I'll just hit you. He will. Well, let's be honest. Ziva would probably be the one extorting the politician. Like, mm. you know, um, and beforehand she would probably use some kind of you know blackmail back at them um after she would probably just go and handle business handle business physically cut their dick off i was trying to be a little more PC about it ziva said knock you out (laughs) (laughs) no i i love that concept though of like if, if let's see like you, you said, uh, you know, Ziva would be the one extorting the politician. Let's say that's not the case. The politician comes and tries to extort Ziva. It's like, this is the woman that has the dirt on everybody. Like, you picked the wrong one. Like, mm-hmm. yep. you, have you ever been to the pools and done yeah. anything weird and did, yeah, or diddled she, anything she you shouldn't have? She, Fel, She's the one. Realistically, Fell would probably like, hold on a second. I'll be right back and go call Ziva. Yeah. I mean,. Madam Ziva is the one you, that's going to release that Lady G dossier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. We're, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think. I, I think. Uh, this has been a good episode. You had a lot of good questions. I appreciate all the input. Um, good. I appreciate uh, you being here, Emily. Josh, thanks for joining us. You, for part you no two, longer yeah. have a choice. You know. Uh, Adam. Adam's been living without a choice since the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's been a good one. Uh, is that, if that's it, I mean, if any of you got anything else to say that you'd like to say to the fans before we get out of here, before we say those famous words? I really do love you guys. Thank you for being yeah. here. Well, I love you too, love Adam. Or oh, wait, and are you I talking love, to the listeners or I us? I love you guys. Yeah, I love, I love you too, Josh. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You broke him. You broke him. <laughs> oh, you sent him into gloom mode. <laughs> gloom. Gloom. <laughs> now, this has been awesome, guys. Thank y'all. I love hanging out anytime I can. Nice. Well, Paul, I see your comment. Thanks for being able to make it, man. I'm glad we caught you. Um, But if that's it, guys, there's only one thing left to say. Yep. We'll see you. We'll, we'll see you. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs>